0: This is a Global Tel Link prepaid call from
1: Johnny Falls.
0: a co-host at Your Fest Podcast Correctional Facility. Please be aware that all calls are subject to recording. To accept the call, please press one.
1: Hello, and welcome to Your Fest Podcast. That's all about music festivals. I am one of your hosts. I'm one of the inmates at the Your Fest. Correctional Facility Johnny Sharples. I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachioed partner in crime. It's Tommy Stewart. Tommy.
2: Hello. Hi, mate. How are you doing?
1: I'm all right. It's a bit. uh, I'm I'm not really enjoying my time in here. If you can pay the bond as soon as possible. I'd really appreciate you getting me out.
2: Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm planning some sort of Shawshank Redemption sort of escape route for you. Uh, But it's yeah. It's, i'm basically going to make it easier it'll be two-way you'll you'll have to do some of the digging on your end i'll, I'll do some of the digging on mine
1: sorry i'll hide it behind the poster of richard blackwood on my wall so. <laughs> yeah <good laughs> to idea. anybody that hasn't listened to your fest before do you want to give a brief <clears> explainer <throat> of what the podcast is all about Yeah, each week we have a (laughs)
2: guest. Sorry, (laughs) Richard Blackwood. Right, each week we have a guest on to talk about their dream music festival lineup. Uh, They pick a name of the festival, a location, days of the week. uh, Sometimes the temperature, sometimes the food, and three days of the week. So three headliners, any time or place, any bands or artists uh, in the history of time.
1: And our guest this week is I'm absolutely thrilled to say, is a member of one of my absolute favorite bands. He is the drummer from Martha is Nathan Stevens Griffin or Dr. Nathan Stevens Griffin to give him his full title. absolutely one of my favourite bands in the entire world I cannot tell you how excited I am to speak to Nathan about some of his favourite bands and I think I'm so giddy Tommy I'm so giddy
2: I know it's it's quite adorable and I think from uh yeah you'll well you'll hear it in the episode but there's a lot of commonalities between uh between Johnny and, and Nathan's music tastes and it's really it's really just quite cute and quite wholesome to hear johnny so he's not been this excited since ed gamble and you know what i think this even supersedes that
1: so here we go this is episode 14 of your fest with nathan Steve, dr nathan Stevens griffin from martha let's go
3: whoo
1: ah. Nathan, welcome to YourFest and to the YourFest planning committee. How are you doing today?
4: I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you, Tommy? I'm good, mate, thank you. Uh, oh. Nice to have you here, Nathan. Cheers, thank you for asking me on.
1: I feel like I should be wearing an Ed Gamble or an off-menu T-shirt because for <laughs> Ed Gamble's episode, I was wearing a Martha T-shirt. So I feel like fair's fair, but I don't own one. So uh, if Ed Gamble... you wearing a any- Martha
2: and you wearing a Martha t shirt on the um on our cover photo.
4: Yep, yeah, I'm wearing a i am wearing I think you are. We we appreciate that. We appreciate those little uh, little bits of you know publicity.
1: Well I have three to pick from, so it was um I, I decided against I'm wearing a Jimmy Eat World t shirt today. Um so I decided against wearing a Martha t-shirt. I thought it would have been a bit too uh and and it's not like Nathan's wearing a Johnny Sharples t shirt.
5: <laughs> Can you get those? It's in the wash. <laughs>
1: They're mainly Newcastle Football Club related, the t-shirts I've designed, so you probably won't want to wear one. Yeah, um, probably not. We knew it would come up,
2: we knew it would come up, I didn't think it would come up this soon.
1: I thought I'd get it out of the way, early doors,
4: early doors, get it out of the way.
2: Any any yes. awkwardness?
4: I'd I just like to apologise to the listeners, I am a Sunderland fan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think that apology cuts cuts it deep enough to uh, <laughs> to make amends for it to be honest. But we're not here to talk about football because um Nathan knows that um there's no comeback to <laughs> to being a Sunderland fan. We're here to talk about festivals. So um were Martha supposed to be playing any festivals this summer? Obviously we've we've seen most of them
4: pushed. Yeah. Up. Yeah, we had we like many people, we had some some big plans that were kind of destroyed. We were gonna we actually had visas approved to go to the U.S. Um, Shit. Sure. Yeah, so we w- we were going to play the 20th anniversary of the Dirt Nap, uh Records Festival with, like, the Marked Men and Main Jeans and various other bands that we really love. So that was kind of a bit gutting for for many reasons, but also, you know, it's, it's everyone and it's everywhere, so... But yeah, like we we went through the like long, financially arduous process of getting visas, and then like three weeks into into our lockdown, because the the wheels of bureaucracy turned very slowly. We had an email saying we'd been approved, and we were like, "This isn't gonna (laughs) This (laughs) isn't gonna happen." Like you know, Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we, we um we had plans, but. Never mind. Hopefully. We had a uh,
2: well, when we, when we spoke to Magic Gang, I, I, I'll ask you the same question I asked them, which was, um, do you know yet if these, because basically this, I, I suppose it's like a, a year off, like a year out for festivals. Do you know if they'll just have the same lineups and kind of put everything back? And I know it's more complex with, with that situation with the visas and stuff, but do,
4: you, know, I think, do you think, so, so I think that, um, like, with with indie tracks. So I play in a I play in a few bands and one of the bands I play in is called Fortitude Valley and it's quite new. Um and we'd been asked to play indie tracks. Um and obviously that didn't happen. Um and I think that I think they've tried to get as many people back as they can, but it, it isn't like with a smaller festival it's like a lot harder I think but to have the kind of organization because it is slightly opportunistic who gets booked and who's going to be around and and stuff like that so um hopefully we we will get to play that when it happens but it's um yeah i think some have tried to to just book the same lineup again and just change the posters to (laughs) um
2: i think primavera's done that like they've 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 kept the exact same lineup and um added basically added added some some more acts so
5: yeah. I'm yeah, guessing
2: Glastonbury will like it's hard to call with that isn't it because it's not exactly an easy process I imagine to put Paul McCartney yeah exactly <laughs> which kind
4: of it, it yeah, goes against what I just said about the bigger festivals. But I think, yeah, I think there's probably some kind of negotiation where you can just say, like, we'll have Kendrick Lamar and Paul McCartney and Taylor Swift next year. <laughs> and, and they're all, like, happy to do it because of what it means. Whereas if you're, like, a small festival that's, like, just begging and borrowing and trying to get bands that way, it's harder to kind of make the case yeah um, i don't think indie tracks has come up before but
1: what's that like to play because it's all like on a train or in a tower like a big industrial y- unit or whatever
4: yeah I, I i mean i really enjoy it like like it's a it's a, um it's an acquired taste i guess because it is so much like an indie pop festival and it is like very much that kind of music although in recent years I think they've made real efforts to diversify the lineup in lots of ways. And, you know, in terms of representation, but also like musical ways as well. And that's been really good, but it's, you know, it fits that kind of, if you want to be mean and cynical, it it is quite twee to kind of go to a (laughs) a railway museum in a place called Butterly. (laughs) And then like, kind of watch watch someone play ukulele on a train and like that kind of thing is like but you know that I think that's great and if if that's what you're into then it's absolutely brilliant and it's very DIY and ethos and like there isn't that kind of separation between bands and and punters that you have at a lot of festivals and I really like that it's just kind of everyone's just there together everyone camps on like in like a campsite just down the road and they have like a disco at the campsite, which is always very lawless because it's like all that kind of, you know, um, too unlimited and stuff, you know, like uh, mixed with like kind of, you know, see it like indie pop kind of stuff as well. So it's like a funny. It vibe. does.
2: It does. It does sound like something that could be on a Wes Anderson film, but I yeah. say that I. <laughs> I say that as a big West Amazon.
4: Like, I've no I have no idea what, you about the owls. They have a they have like <laughs> a, they have they have an owl rescue that comes every year and like Aww. you can go and say hello to the owls. It might be but just birds of prey. And they also have a can crush where everyone drops their like cans when they're done in one spot and then they do this old like what's it called? Steamroller. It's like steam powered and it and everyone gets gathers around the cans and it's absolutely brilliant. Like, when they crush the cans, it's really satisfying.
1: The steamroll steam is driven by Bill Murray and it's really yeah. it's very Wes Anderson.
5: <laughs> it's
4: just, uh, it's like Owen
1: Wilson runs the Birds of Prey Center, it's mad. Seven projects. Wow, wow, wow.
4: It's like Wes Anderson, <laughs> Wes Anderson meets like Shane Meadows or something. Okay. <laughs> I British. mean I like...
2: I fuck with that. I fuck with that because like you say Twee and it like there is I, I totally know what you mean by that, but I don't I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like no, I don't. loads of my favourite bands would probably be described as as twee. so you know, fuck it. It sounds good to me.
1: <laughs> Have you ever seen a gig on a train, Tommy?
2: Have I ever done one or been to one? Either. Uh, no, I've not.
5: Um,
2: (laughs) Funnily (laughs) enough, no. Uh, That's why my music career has not gone the way I wanted it to. In my first bands, uh, my first band, I think we've mentioned before, The Insults, or uh, Insult to Music, as someone said on MySpace. um, We played on the back of a... We played on, like, you you know when they have those trucks, like those open truck things, and uh, basically on the back of a truck in... Uh, in a pub that was at the back of a farm um, and that's that in Shropshire so that's probably or that or a warehouse in Stockholm and that was actually a really good experience so that's probably the worst and weirdest place and then the best and weirdest place I've played.
4: The, the like train sets are very it's very hard to get into them because it's like a very small capacity um, but like we once played in the back of a it was like Imagine like the side of a lorry and they just fold down one side of the lorry and it was like a ready-made stage.
2: Yeah. That's what I was, that's the sort of thing I was trying to say. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, but that was, uh, that was in the fan zone of of the stadium of light before, (laughs) before a game, (laughs) like literally in the snow. (laughs) Like It was like, there was nobody watching us.
2: Um, Oh God. And then we got,
4: we got three complimentary tickets to the game and, by the time we'd got in, I think like Harlow had scored already and we lost one 0 But we got to sit on <laughs> like the padded seats, so that was nice. Um,
1: you said you were gonna to go to America. Have you been to many overseas festivals before? Or is
4: like either as a as a punter or as a as a as a band? Probably more as a band than as a punter. Um yeah, like we Martha's kind of been quite lucky in some ways that we've done we've done a lot of cool stuff that is like I don't know we we kind of just have begged and borrowed or like just accidentally gotten opportunities I think like we I remember we played a festival called v- Vida in Spain I don't know if you've heard of it but it was like it was like a big big festival that um where we kind of just like turned up and what it was like, the backstage was like there was someone, you could get your hair done for free and stuff and it was That's like, no. you could have a massage and stuff, it was like really, a really posh backstage and we were just like there like <laughs> you know <laughs> Naomi got her hair done which was really funny and then we we played in like these woods in the middle of the night and it was really cool and these like lads, these like Spanish lads, like up to us i didn't know they
2: had them i didn't know they had spanish like lad lads
4: they were oh, in between us <laughs> <laughs> they were they were like i don't know if it's just um you know confirmation bias but they seem nicer than our lads yeah uh, but they <laughs> were like so. you know they, they were like saying we were sounded like oasis and stuff which was really funny and cool <laughs> uh so that was good we've played like Sick. We played lots of like smaller like d i y punk things like we or like we played New York pop fest um in like two thousand and fourteen, and that was really fun, but it was just like dotted around venues in like I think like Brooklyn or Manhattan, I don't actually know, but it was like um it was cool, and yeah, I'm trying to think what else we've we've done. We've done various pop fests. We did Madrid Pop Fest as well. It's like a global kind of world of indie pop, little DIY festivals that are always really fun to play. And Would you have played
2: it? with a, a band called Nigh Harvest at any point?
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, oh, well, it's just the I. I was in a band with Ben, with uh, Ben the singer after I Harvest and um, Lose a big, Well, they two of my best mates basically, and Lose a big uh, Middlesbrough fan.
4: All right, yeah. So yeah. we could have the full like the full heated argument if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, if he was here, yeah. <laughs> Tommy, you need to
1: become a Gateshead fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, would you do you prefer like the smaller festivals? I know you played Glastonbury and stuff as well. Would you prefer the smaller festivals to something big like that? We just it's, get a bit
4: lost. It's funny, like we've played Glastonbury twice, or, or rather, so I, I play in another band with Daniel from Martha. It's called Onsen. It's like an acoustic, or it was an acoustic punk political protest music kind of band, <laughs> and we we played Glastonbury, and it was like one of the funnest coolest things I've ever done because I think we were just really naive and, and daft at the time and we didn't like, I literally got emailed by Billy Bragg and he was <laughs> like, Do you want to play my stage? And we were just like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Sure. Um, and, and like, they sent the tickets and we just couldn't believe it. You know, we'd never been before, but we were like so excited. And it was like, One of them said my name on it, and the other one said guest. And it's like, there's two of us, and we're a duo. And I emailed back, like, could you send one for Daniel, please? And they were like, we have. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it really put us in our place, you know. We kind of were back (gasps) on the level of, like, okay, we're we're very lucky to be here. But it was, like, it was really, like, fun we kind of didn't understand that there was like artist camping so we just set up our camp in in like with everyone and then turned up on the day we were meant to play with our guitars that we'd been sleeping in the tent with (laughs) and we were like we're playing and they were like what (laughs) and then we proved to to them but like (laughs) then we did actually play and it was you know very fun and there was like people from the telly It was like the guy from... Who's the guy who presents Mastermind?
1: John Humphreys.
4: Yeah, he's a a bit of a cock, isn't he?
2: Now, the Gospels, a tricky subject in a way, isn't it? Because if you want to find out about the life of Jesus and you read all four Gospels, you'll get different versions, won't you? Which are we meant to believe? (laughs)
4: Is (laughs) it? Is he not like... uh, Was was he there? He was backstage at the left field, presumably because it was like... He was doing something for radio and like he poured himself a coffee um, while we were getting coffee. And then he got like a phone call and he had to go and he just like turned to Daniel and was like, Do you want this? And Daniel was like, Yeah. So Daniel (laughs) ended up drinking John Humphrey's coffee. Um, And we were like, Wow, we are so showbiz now.
2: (laughs) That's the dream, man. That's the dream. John Humphrey's coffee, you've made it.
4: Random people in the left. Left field because it's like they have debates and like Pussy Riot were there one year and like yeah they, they just have like you know yeah that kind of music and politics together so there. was the
2: first was the first time you went um that was the first time you went then the first time you went was as an artist
4: yeah yeah as that's, an pretty artist, cool. that's kind of what <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: we it's kind away. of what everyone dreams of that
4: it was it was really really fun like it's kind of a blur in my memory because we just bombed down from Durham to Glastonbury in my little car with the guitars <laughs> in the back, me and Guest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what well, yeah. you say? you still like, do you just call him Guest? No.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, it, yeah, he, like it was just really funny and silly. But then when Martha got asked a few years later, we were like, we're going to like have more self-respect and kind of like, JC had been driving bands at that point, I think, so he knew a bit more about how it works and how these big festivals do treat artists like, you know, slightly, like they give them better toilets and things and like a green room and stuff, which we just hadn't like, for some reason I don't know why we were so daft, but we just thought, oh well, you know, we're not entitled to that kind of stuff the first time.
2: I think it's because from not at your level, but from kind of being in the scene and being in indie bands over the years, I think it's because we're treated so fucking shit. We just assume that we are like pieces of shit and we, <laughs> yeah. we don't really deserve that sort of treatment. Like, that's yeah. like I don't know why people are surprised that Alex Turner and talks an American accent like.
0: Yeah, it sort of always has been like, that's, that's really is what I've been right, I've been banging on about like the whole time really. It's not as under the microscope. Of
2: course, you're going to, if you go from like what we are to that overnight, of course you're going to fucking lose your head. I, I would. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be in like a red leather outfit and shit. Like, you know. Right, like uh,
4: moon base.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's just, it, it, it is because we're used to like, you know, some gigs you don't get you don't even get a ride in, like you don't even get a crate of beer. You have to bring your own beers along and stuff like that. And have you ever done gigs where you have to, I mean, this is like very, very early days, but when you have to like sell a certain amount of tickets and stuff like that, you just get proper conned by promoters. Like they they know when you're fresh meat, don't they? And they just proper con you when you start out.
4: When I I think I'm probably a bit older than you two, but like when I I was in a ska punk band, when I was sort of in my teens and we once played in Cardiff um, and we got paid less than it cost us to cross the bridge into Cardiff. (laughs) I think it was like £4.80 and they gave us £2.50 and they said it was based on how many people had said, um, how many people had said they were there to see us, but the gig was like a fiver in and we just couldn't understand like how, why anyone had said they were there to see us. Uh, It was in like a, the bar of a travel lodge as well. It was like really, <laughs> yeah. I've just been really years. Yeah, like, like years you, and years. This is
5: like, 1950s, like here's a shilling <laughs> <in> my lease
4: <laughs> No, I mean like, you know, yeah, it was like, re- that's probably why I have, you know, such low self-esteem as a musician these days <laughs> <laughs> because of years of like being completely mistreated by like parasitic, like, really, man. you know, people but yeah anyway never mind
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to your festival um that we're, we're here to to uh, curate and uh, we're going to need a name and a location and if you want to do it in the bar of a travel lodge in cardiff you're more <laughs> than welcome we can put it in anywhere you want in the world
4: um so I, i'm being a bit probably predictable here but i'm gonna have it in durham i'm gonna have it in the race course On the old race course uh, in the centre or near the centre of Durham. Nice. Um, And I'm going to call it Move to Durham and Never Leave. (laughs) And the idea is that people don't leave they just stay and we have a nice sort of utopian uh, oh, society afterwards we
1: obviously when the stuff uh, with that happened recently with Barnard Castle happened <laughs> yeah and um, moved to Durham and never leave got some attention on Twitter it did uh, yeah. was that good PR for you <laughs> or did you uh... I,
4: don't, I don't know I can never really tell uh, it's nice to be invoked in any way in relation to mass culture <laughs> um, <laughs> like it, it is funny though like he that bellend like his family owns a lot of property like near where daniel lives and like you know owns like a and stuff that it, yeah so it was like i don't know um it wasn't it's it's it was a shame that that was why Durham was on the news. Let's say. <laughs> he he's our most famous export at the minute, and he is like an irredeemable, like bad Humped. word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what the what the policy was.
2: Say what you want, man. It's fine, especially when it comes to him. Like yeah, I um, I mean I, I, God, I say this at least once an episode. I'll probably have to edit this out, but. Um, <laughs> Because of my position at the BBC, but um, I'm freelance. I can say what the fuck I want. Gary Lineker does right, um, yeah. but I was I was talking to someone the other day about how basically lockdown and any f- any even if there's a second spike, like this government have lost. Like, after just purely because of that one incident and no-one apologising for it. The Prime Minister's top adviser Dominic Cummings, has denied doing anything wrong when he drove to his parents' home during the lockdown in March. At a news conference in Downing Street, Mr Cummings said he did not regret his decision to travel 260 miles from London to Durham with his wife, who was ill, and their four-year-old son, because he claimed that none of their usual childcare options were available. He repeatedly denied that he'd broken the rules and rejected the idea that he'd undermined the government's clear instruction to stay home. This like no one will treat lockdown seriously again. The day after that happened, lockdown just dissipated, and yeah. that is not that's totally their fault. So I, oh, like, I could fucking rant about that man all day, as I'm sure we all could, but yeah. we won't. Like, this is a happy
4: place. It is, and I've kind of took the the idea of like me having a. This kind of sent me a bit crazy. This this task because <laughs> you, you asked me to book like a dream, a dream lineup, and I was like, well, if it's a dream lineup, then I can have like dream everything. So I've kind of like, yes, there's a kind of like you know, maybe like thread beneath it that's kind of political almost. But yeah, we'll, we'll we see. like
2: a theme. We like a, a theme, especially dream theme.
4: Yeah, yeah so we'll get we'll get
1: Durham back in the back in the news for a good reason. Yeah. Was, uh, the home of move to Durham and never leave. The greatest yeah. festival to have ever hit Durham. <laughs> <laughs> are, there, are there any big festivals going back to real festivals? Are there any in the north, well, around Durham? That... Not
4: not really um, we kind of sometimes have like them like legacy like weekends where they'll be like at the at the cricket pitch, they'll be like, you know, I think like Tia Sophia's played recently and stuff. But yeah, it's a small place. Uh, There's not that much.
1: So, straight away, you're in as as Durham's number one music festival with with very little legwork so far. So, I think that's a good thing. But I've
4: tried to. So, I don't know if you guys either of you have heard of the Miners Gala in Durham. Yeah. So, like this big, uh, for the listeners, it's like a big, um, it's one of the biggest sort of trade union gatherings in Europe, I think. It's a massive day once a year. Um, sadly postponed for the first time I think in 100 years this year but where everyone you know trade unionists from around the world gather together in Durham and sort of march with banners and the old colliery bands play obviously Durham was a was built on mining those colliery bands still exist and still so they march with their banners and then they all march down to the race course or the old race course and then there's like political speeches and stalls and it's a very sort of like you know it's a it's a good sort of it's the best day of the year really in Durham and, and there's like you know tens of thousands of people come into Durham that day and, and it's just this big free thing and I kind of, I was umming and ahhing about where to hold it, the festival. And I thought, like, if it's a dream festival, I can control the weather. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, and we'll just have nice weather forever. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like a couple of years ago, they kind of, the organizers kind of stepped it up a bit and they got this big like festival style stage. And like a big sound system and screens and like Billy Bragg performed.
3: The union forever defending our rights, bound with the black labour, unite our brothers and our sisters. In
4: any far off lands, there is power in a union. And I thought, well, you know, we, we can use that apparatus um, and, and kind of blend them so it'll be over the same weekend as the Miners Gala I think so are we, going, my, are we
1: going Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the yeah, days of yeah. the weekend my um, I've I've I i didn't know what you meant at
2: first but now, now I, I do because I've got quite a lot of um, So I'm just writing down the days of the week um, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, sorry so a lot of my really close friends in Manchester are from Durham and they always go back for that like from Durham or Sunderland or yeah, Newcastle. Um, George Gibson and Ellie Haswell, and they were on a thing called Shy Barnes getting out, like a scene. Yeah, and uh, do you know of it? I, I, I think I've seen it on Twitter,
4: maybe Shy Bans.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they put up loads. They went last year because I, I want I want to go to it next time because they, they went last year and they put up loads of pictures of it and it looked fucking great. Um, and also my mates uh, Helen Timlin and Isabel Scott. Um, from that area but everyone from that area seems very proud of it yeah. that whole, that minor thing seems quite a prominent part of that
4: yeah, yeah, for sure Maybe it in the news. Of, sorry, go on Nate. well I, th- I think it's like, you know th- there's there's problems with Durham like obviously, but uh, it is like, it, it's one day yeah, where it feels like, you know, another world is possible and kind of inject some hope kind of into the bleakness um yeah. but yeah so uh, so that's why i thought i'd
1: tie it in yeah we, cool we, we go on to your, your first headliner so for the friday night of uh move to durham and never leave who's who's opening up the festival
4: so yeah so th- this like this is like a really impossible task as you both well know <laughs> because you kind of can get away with never picking yours <laughs> and just torturing your guests yeah. Um, so I have I have kind of cheated a little bit but in the form of honourable mentions. But that's bad. Okay. That, well, we can, get, a,
2: we, we can have we do support acts and other stage and stuff. That's
4: that's what I was th- thinking. I would I would talk about um, a kind of like a headliner and a and a support as the yep. honourable mention kind of things. But, you can do so. That. <clears throat> I kind of on the Friday night, I've tried to balance a lot of things like. I've tried i and here as a representative of Martha. So I've tried to balance like what, you know, things that have influenced us and, and that have been important to us. And part of that is like, I think that we kind of straddle two worlds and one is like a kind of political punk DIY kind of thing. And another is a kind of like indie rock indie pop kind of thing. Um, so I've tried to kind of, uh, get pick a band that kind of reflects that for the as the headliner for the first night and also the kind of not just those two scenes but also the kind of the worlds of like political political music and protest music but but also like heart on sleeve like um kind of heartbroken music so i've gone for the weaker than for the friday night
0: Surround the striking hearts. And the time is never now And we know
4: who yes. um, but we're and I think are they the They're the headliner then Yeah, they're the headliner And um, the the honourable mention I'll, I'll, I'll say a bit about the weaker before I'm in, Before I talk about <laughs> the honourable mention But f- for me, I think I was thinking about this In terms of like you know, how do you, how do you pick three bands or, or whatever? And I think like part of it is that they've been, they've genuinely been a sort of quite effective antidepressant for me over the years. And like, I think like that, that and playing live music um, have been two of the, the most effective ways that I've kind of tried to not be so miserable in my life. And like, <laughs> um, though, like, that band I can put on and listen to and feel like better sometimes so that so they do they they hold a, they, they you know they're deeply in my heart I think
0: the shins that we can. Things we need to say Sun in an empty room. Been said already anyway Sun in an empty room. By parallelograms
3: of light Sun in an empty room. on walls that we repainted white
4: Sun in an empty room and Sun also an light in an empty room I mean We've been very influenced by them musically and and with some quite you know overt lyrical references to weaker than's lines and things and um but I just think he's such a brilliantly clever lyricist and and he's he's effectively a pop John k. Sampson is effectively a poet and like um I can take or leave a lot of poetry. I do like some poetry, but it's not my sort of world. I'm always like, you know, I'm into lyrics, but he kind of manages to write in this really poetic way that I wish I could write in and kind of balances all these things so beautifully. And there's like some real politics to it as well. That is like a very hard thing to balance in amongst all that. And like, it never goes down that sort of emo, like... I, I, I don't hate emo or anything, but it, it's never emo. It's just, like, it just feels, like, real and, and uh, really empathetic music that you can kind of get lost in. And, and uh, so, yeah, it has to be The Weaker ones for me. Would it, were there a big
2: influence
5: on starting the
4: band? Yeah, I, I think that, like... Because they they they're like the sort of band that, I think I was like I read something, um, Dan Ozzie had written for Vice that was like they were the band that made it, that made it cool to, made it punk to write love songs kind of thing. They kind of, <laughs> they had those like punk credentials for reasons I'll talk about, but but were writing like about heartache and and loneliness and longing and ennui and all that stuff um you know and some people say it's sappy but I don't think it is I think it's beautiful and and like I've never seen them and I don't know if I ever will I've seen John K Sampson which is brilliant but um yeah so so for those reasons I think it had to be them it's quite funny
1: that you mentioned that they um, they write nice love songs because um, when me and my girlfriend first got together, we made, like, mixed CDs for one another, like, when we first met. And one of the first songs that I put on was The Reasons by um, The Weaker because it's, yeah. like, it is a love song, but it's also not a love song at the same time he's like he's trying to write a love song but try not really hard not to make it obvious it's a love song and he's trying to be like ma- not macho with it because he's not a very macho man yeah. but he's trying to write this love song but come across like he doesn't really care that he's writing a love song it's quite nice yeah. and then like you say about john k samson's poetry like his solo stuff like heart of the continent which is a beautiful song but it's just basically a poem with him playing a couple of chords behind it
3: Reflection of my face. All alone at the gleaming knife display in the army surplus sales. As the dusk descends and my inspiration fails, ghosts fill.
1: Like, yeah. really softly and he is just a fantastic songwriter like Reconstruction Site, the Weaker Thans album is, is an incredible album and I think some people listening to this might have never heard of the Weaker Thans and that's such a good place to start with the, with Reconstruction yeah. Site because it just encapsulates everything that they're about they're just a beautiful I'm, they, they came as a surprise I, did, I didn't expect you to pick them but I'm really glad that you did because it's <laughs> given me a chance to talk a bit about them as well as well as you saying about how good a songwriter in this political side as well they are just a brilliant brilliant band that i think deserve a lot more attention they always remind me a bit of the mountain goats as well yeah. i think they're, they're quite two similar quite bands that that probably deserve a lot more attention than they've ever really got
4: yeah i i, I think it's like well, you, I mean, there's there's some, like, that song, The Reasons, uh, it's like, I know you might roll your eyes at this, but I'm so glad that you exist. Like, that that kind of, that is exactly the kind of nexus of, life. like, writing a love song, but trying to not write a love song. Like, kind of, you know, and, and obviously Martha has the line, this statement might sound phony, but I miss you and I'm lonely. Which is, like, you know, <laughs> basically... And, and we've done that a lot. If you go, if you pour through our lyrics, you'll see how
2: annoying, um, annoying homage.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, but it's quite funny. I was looking through the,
1: the Martha uh, Wikipedia a few days ago, and like every single one for each of your different albums has on the Wikipedia page this song is a reference to this other this song. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm
2: this just happy it? to see it's it's nice seeing, um Johnny animated for once
5: because.
2: <laughs> It's usually me. Like if someone's talking about fucking, I don't know Kanye West, Prince, Prince or Kanye West, yeah. But, but no, the
1: the Weeknd's I I didn't imagine would possibly ever come up. But um, I'm so glad that they exist.
5: You made his day, <laughs> Nathan. You made his day. Look at his little Good. face. I'm glad.
1: I'm glad. But um, you said you did say there'd be an honourable mention.
4: So uh, yeah. So the honourable mention is um, John K. Sampson's band before the Weeknd's propaganda Oh, yeah, yeah you know. because like <laughs> i said Gambli. yeah yeah like i said before like in terms of that that kind of yin and yang of like having the or yin and yang i don't know how you say it but the kind of balance <laughs> of like that political punk thing but also the like poetry and 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 singing about love and whether it's romantic love or other kinds of love um Propaganda kind of were a really, really important band for me. Um, and, you know, not they kind of, they, they, in terms of like a band that is avowedly anarchist, vegan, you know, sings about real critical politics, radical politics um, in a sort of unabashed, unashamed way. And like have never shied away from it. There's been times like I'm old enough to know there's been times where singing political songs hasn't been cool, and it, it goes in waves always, and they've just been there doing it and and progressing their sound sometimes in ways that isn't what I kind of you know they're kind of now they're kind of like a progressive thrash band, which is not the kind of music <laughs> that, that I would normally listen to, but it it's still like propaganda still. Always uh, speaks to me. So, my idea for the Friday is rather than having it on the race course, we're going to abolish all prisons <laughs> and we're going to use Durham Prison. We're going to repurpose it into a, a, a social centre because it's just over the road from the race course. Um, and we'll have like this amazing sort of punk show uh, in there to kind of celebrate the, the changing of the kind of punitive criminal justice system into something more transformative and and and, and positive uh so propaganda is yes, my honorable mention
2: and uh, well yeah he, they can definitely they can support uh the weakness because john's already logistically it works is what i'm saying he's already talking <laughs> yeah. about
4: <gonna> <laughs> well yeah that and that was the thing because i was kind of gonna try and cheat it and say i want like uh, i want a propaganda set but with John Kiss, Samson, so they can play weaker than songs, or something like that. And then I thought, no, I'll just, you know, I've got to have be them both. True. I'll just have them both. I'll, I'll, I'll be true to, you know, it's my dream festival. <laughs> <laughs>
1: talk, talk about prison reform and talking about Martha using <laughs> nods to other bands. Mini was a preteen arson- arsonist. Is obviously both a nod to Against Me. And also a prison abolition song.
5: So
4: yeah, lovely little bit of. Uh, <laughs> Against Me were a band that I thought about very long and hard as well, because they were a really important band for me and a brilliant band. (laughs)
1: I think I waxed the rickle about the weaker hands, Tommy. If uh, (laughs) if Nathan had picked against me, then yeah, I would have gone on. uh, Because the journey that Laura Jane Grace has been on both yeah. before before transitioning and then afterwards has been absolutely astonishing and if you ever get a chance to read the book you mentioned the author of it earlier um tranny which is all about her biography is absolutely fantastic about the difficulties about body dysmorphia and, and gender dysmorphia and things like that um but obviously you've not picked against me so when someone does pick against me i'll, I'll wax even more lyrical about <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. the <laughs> thing is it's,
2: it's like it, it's like uh i, I this is a rare week in your fest where we've spoken to uh, two bands it's usually like <laughs> if we're doing two people a week it's usually well generally probably 6% of our guests so far are comedians but um, it's nice talking to bands because you can tell how much more thought has gone into it <laughs> like comedians I'm, I'm probably Ed gambler side but comedians are generally just trying to be funny which is great which is great to listen to um, but bands musicians are like you know kind of means more really thinking about it um, yeah. with with that said let's move on to saturday
1: before we do tom your audio has gone a bit funny
5: oh that's it hold on no plug come out. oh wait hold on oh there we go
1: hello yeah that's better sorry um do I just do the Saturday thing again?
2: Yeah. So, um, with that said, let's move on to Saturday. Who would be your headliner for Saturday, Nathan, and your honourable mention?
4: Okay. Um, so, like I said before, I'm kind of trying to balance things, and I've I went I went for a in the grand scheme of things more obscure kind of Friday night. Um, so I've gone I've gone big for Saturday. Um, someone who could genuinely um genuinely kind of headliner festival i think a big massive you know tens of thousands of people festival um and there's a connection with durham that that's important um but so my headliner for the the saturday is bruce springsteen in the industry plan Nice and the uh, so I thought the you were the, gonna
2: say Sting or, or, <laughs> or uh, <laughs>
4: Jimmy Nail. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so so the connection is that in 1985, during the miners' strike of '84 to '85, uh, Bruce Springsteen was playing a show at St. James's Park, funnily enough, the home of football, um, yeah. <laughs> 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 i'll I, I ignore that um but yeah so he, he played shut up sh-
2: johnny
4: he played this show and um at the show he donated twenty thousand dollars i think to the durham miners um who because he knew they were on strike so the massive amount of money at the time um that as, as an act of kind of solidarity to the kind of to the struggle that was going on and and like I I was born in 85 and grew up in the shadow of kind of what what the what the closing of the mines in the northeast did to the region which I don't think it's ever really recovered from um or the way in which they were closed at least um and so like that that kind of You know, that's that international solidarity and and like practical solidarity in the form of money that literally paid for food parcels for miners and their families to eat, which, you know, they were earning no money for a year. Um, But that that to me means that he has a special place in the hearts of lots of people up here. And and it would be so wonderful if on the Saturday of the Miners Gala, Bruce Springsteen (laughs) could, could like, you know, after all the after all the parades and banners and brass bands and you know all that if if we could just have a massive like party with the boss and just just sort of yeah finish off the day like that I think that would be amazing
2: I had no idea about that about Bruce but like from stuff I've read about him it doesn't surprise me to be honest
4: yeah and I, I think he has been like for all he isn't sort of a working Man, but he's, he's told stories of working people all through his career and that's been, you know, and he, he has been a sort of ally to what in America they would call the blue-collar worker. Um, and, like, yeah, he also has an amazing, incredible back catalogue of, of bangers and can play an arena and play a massive stadium and play for three hours and, you know, that, all that kind of stuff. And, and he's got the hits to see him through a kind of a big festival ending set. So I think that that would be my Saturday headliner. So I've got like the secret sort of, not secret, but like the sort of more punk indie rock show on the Friday, and then the big dad rock <laughs> show on the Saturday. What always makes me laugh about Bruce Springsteen where it is,
1: is when Republicans in America tend to use born in the USA as this <laughs> jingoistic anthem. It happens every four years that Bruce Springsteen has to come out and demand that they stop using it because they've just completely misunderstood the, the, the meaning behind the song. obviously still has that strong roots in in the, the working classes and the, his support for them as well yeah
2: but I the think. fact he did that the fact that he made such a uh not redneck but such like a murica like murica yeah. like anthem yeah. but subvertedly he was absolutely taking the piss out of the, those sort of principles
5: yeah. meant that
2: it probably you know did transcend and hopefully in the long run he probably did kind of turns change some people's minds
5: because mm-hmm. he, he is mr
2: america but like you,
1: yeah. you you know like even if it's just entry-level people listen to that song as like a jingle with anthem and then explore it a bit more and then become radicalized <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into, into what bruce springsteen's really trying to get them to do but no he, he, he is a incredible musician might like you say of such a big back catalog and everyone that likes Bruce Springsteen absolutely adores Bruce Springsteen I think yeah. like, well me feels- my,
2: my, my my auntie Chris big up auntie Chris she's seen him I think must be 30 or 40 times now she she'll whenever tours UK he'll kind of she'll she'll follow him pretty much go to every gig if she can so
5: yeah
2: and I I'm, I'm a big fan of him weirdly my brother and I know he does listen to this podcast I don't think my auntie Chris does sadly but um, Rich, if you're listening, um, fuck you. Bruce Springsteen's amazing.
5: Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) We argue about it all the time. I'm always just like, not even born to run. And he's the most stubborn person ever. He's like, no,
1: shit. Shit, mate. Everything he's done is shit. I do like the fact that obviously his influence is still massive because another another son of the North Sam Fender, is obviously massively, massively influenced by by yeah. Bruce Springsteen. You can hear that in, in all the songs he's, he's putting out now. So those influences are still strong to this day.
3: I get up in the evening And I ain't got nothing to say Come on home in the morning I go to bed feeling the same way, I ain't nothing but tired, man i just tired and bored of myself, either baby, I could use just a little love, can't start a fire, can't start a fire without a spark, this guns for higher just dancing
1: in the dark. people trying to recreate everything that bruce springsteen's done if sam fenders um, you, your support out there <laughs> you, you you're,
2: you're gonna get an epic set as well that, that's gonna go on for about four fucking hours like she's see his yeah. set he's just like oh i'll i'll uh i'll pay the fine we're just gonna <laughs> go to like fucking one o'clock yeah. it's mental
1: so the energy says- that
2: guy's got and he looks amazing. He looks fucking amazing for his age. does,
4: yeah. Does. It's
1: a dream festival, so no fines will be handed out. At, um, move to Durham and never leave. So he's safe in that regard. He can play for as long as he wants.
4: Yeah, we're, we're like an autonomous republic now,
1: Durham.
2: Of which Bruce Springsteen is the. I mean, he's quite a presidential figure. Although we're not having a. a I'm, I'm absolutely yeah, like. we're uh, not having uh, a leader.
4: It'll be a completely unfeasible anarchist-like decision-making process. Like an <laughs> democracy that'll inevitably fail, but it's worth trying. <laughs>
1: That's worth a cry. Is is Bruce having a support band, or is he literally just playing for 24 hours straight? He
4: he's got a he's got an honourable mention, and I think probably Johnny is going to be happy with the honourable mention. Um, but I wanted to pick someone who was like complimentary to an extent but also still could have some of that punkness that i kind of want running through um so i've gone for the replacements as my honorable mention yes
5: please
1: I did mention that if the weakness what's the weak, recall? If against me, it would be what's the recall even more. But the replacements are without a doubt one of my absolute all-time favorite bands. I was lucky enough to go and see them when they when they reformed and played the Roundhouse in Camden a few years ago, and Paul yes. Westerberg is just. He didn't want to be on that tour, which was incredibly funny because he wore he wore a different T-shirt each night with a different letter on the tour, which basically spelled out something along the lines of "We're only doing this for the money." <laughs> um, but the replacements are just such an incredible band by the fact that no two albums sound the same. They transcend genre completely. They have a an album called Hoot and Nanny, which basically starts off with them playing, you know trombones and things like that then they have let it be which is the greatest album that's ever been released which is basically got five about five different genres w- within one album it's yeah, Tommy got gets- a
4: kiss cover <laughs> yeah it's got
1: a kiss cover which is extremely my bag but then they've got like uh unsatisfied which is one of the most beautiful songs that's ever been written <laughs> called Tommy gets his tonsils out which is a straight up just basically hardcore punk song and they are a beautiful band and I'm so glad they've been picked because yeah. that means if I ever do an episode I don't have to pick them because they've already been picked for somebody else's festival it clears up a spot for somebody else but um, yeah they are just a fantastic band and when I saw them they were so good to say that they'd not really played together for such a long like 20 something years they were still really good
4: it would be with Bob r.i.p yeah. um but yeah like i i think that um like paul westerberg it, it, again in terms of influences on martha obviously huge influence the replacements um and like kind of that kind of college rock power pop whatever you want to call it sort of sound that they you know sort of were really instrumental in 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 kind of uh developing i guess but the the thing about them that i like is like it's like the same as the weakens in terms of its heart on sleeve but john k samson you, I, I feel like a, a kind of kindred spirit with because he's so like you can tell he's like i just ruminate on everything and i'll after this podcast i'll just be anxious about what i've said for hours and days and i'll just <laughs> oh, you know man. and, and I, I have that kind of like overactive brain that'll just like drive me mad that kind of and I think that like that can lead down some interesting creative paths. And I think maybe John K. Sampson, there's, there's some degree of that kind of someone who's always second guessing what they're saying and thinking what is the other person going to say to me saying this and then trying to write around it almost. Whereas like Paul Westerberg is just like, there's a brutal honesty to it that is like, that is like he's not bothered what anyone thinks and he's not bothered it, they, they are like they were a very punk band in some negative ways and some very positive <laughs> ways that, um, that I really like so and just brilliant songs and you know Johnny's sort of said it all but like yeah brilliant band.
1: I'm so happy also I can imagine Martha doing an amazing cover of Alex Chilton. Ever, ever want to commit that to record uh, put it on a vinyl or it, buy every single copy of it i imagine
2: are you yeah. gonna sit martha are martha gonna get uh shoehorned in anywhere maybe they could open up that day
4: if you let us i mean supporting, <laughs> yeah. supporting the replacements in bruce springsteen would be pretty amazing um well we're maybe, both
2: martha yeah. fans so we're, we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna You'll get allow you out.
4: it i just oh, have to well, more than allow
2: it mate
1: <laughs> say one more thing on the replacements before we inevitably unfortunately have to move on to, to talk about some other band um, Here Comes the Regular is the greatest song that's ever been written The
3: summer's past, it's too late to cut the grass there ain't much to make anyway in the fall And sometimes That you're like a picture on the fridge it's never stopped with food you used to live at home now I stay at the house and everybody wants to be special here they call you
1: I once saw, um, I, f- I can't remember, I saw, it was a Franz Nikolai gig, Franz Nikolai, who's in um, The Hold Steady, but also does his own stuff, um, yeah. and I think he covered it, and I think he covered Rainbow Connection, the same gig, <laughs> which was a dream come true, but... Um, Do also- we
2: bring up, Ray- it's Rainbow Connection, like, are you getting sponsored by fucking Kermit to, like, mention it <laughs> on every single episode now?
1: Not I that wish. it's a bad
2: thing, because it's, like, you know, probably but- one of my top ten songs ever, but...
4: But yeah, no, I'm not. I wish I was. I love Kermit to come around. And, and incidentally, me... Johnny, our last gig before the apocalypse, you know, our last gig possibly ever. Oh, was it you were with the Hold Steady? Was with the Hold Steady. Uh, yeah. and oh, really? Yeah, in London, and it was amazing. Uh, another brilliant band who obviously draw mm. a lot of influence from both the Boss and the Replacements. I think probably. <laughs> um, time, yeah. yeah, but like. I think yeah, we should so, stick.
2: I feel like we should stick them on as well then uh, on this day.
4: That's fine. I'll have as many as you can, <laughs> as you can fit. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'll, I'll put them down.
1: Franz Nikolai can do a solo set that day as well. He's one of my <laughs> favourite musicians and, and songwriters. But and Paul Westerberg can do solo stuff as well because he did some incredible songs uh, for the single soundtrack. Dyslexic
4: heart. Yes. The, yeah. 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 From the single yeah, soundtrack. Is so so Sunday's kind of, I guess, a wild card in some ways, um, and it and it's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the honourable mention first if that's okay. But same. I'll uh, I'll contextualize it in terms of what I'm aiming for, so like we've had a kind of politicized punk slash weaker than Friday, uh, in a liberated prison, and then we're <laughs> then we're gonna have the big like arena show on the race course on the Saturday with the boss, and then I kind of wanted the Sunday to be like more of a dance party, like maybe going against. Uh, tradition but have have something where people can dance and sing but a kind of like broken hearted dance party kind of pop event and so like that kind of like Motown influence in terms of like there have not been better pop songs written since Motown so I wanted to get some of that as my honourable mention so I've got Martha and the (laughs) Bandellas And I, I did a bit of I did a bit of research and I looked up the, I looked up their some of their set lists from like the sixties and they used to do like covers of the Four Tops and other Stevie Wonder and other Motown artists in their set. And I was like, This is perfect. We can have like you know, Martha and the Vandellas have a lot of of their own bangers obviously, but like we can have we can have that kind of Motown sad pop song sing along something for the basic mams you know something, <laughs> something for everyone kind of thing and like uh, a, a big sort of sing along sad broken hearted dance party so that's my honorable mention nice um, and then for the headliner this is like the real wild card i guess in terms of there's not really really any direct influence on the music that martin makes um but i've uh, i wanted a big another big headliner who could probably you know at, at least from where i'm sitting could headline a festival um and something that's got that kind of like melancholy but also bangers so i've gone for robin Tell me- Oh, that is a great show. Um, but yeah, so I, Love I, that. I, I kind of, you know, for me, Robin has so many bangers over so many years and, like, and has that kind of like, has the ability to write a song that can have people like Poe going up and down and screaming, but also that is like a sad song. It's like, yeah, crying like, as well. Yeah, like a, a, a really like, Personal sad song, so I think, in terms of that like big pop kind of Sunday night, um, yeah, I thought, who better than Robin?
2: I think I think Dancing on My Own is I, I could put an argument forward for it being like the greatest, one of the greatest pop songs of all time, but the greatest sad, the, the greatest emo pop song <laughs> of all time, basically.
4: And it's such a hard thing to do. It's it's a it's a hard thing to write a song that is that massive and like that anthemic, but also that is like about someone who's like cowering in the corner of a disco, like feeling absolutely shit, and something that we can all relate to. Like and we've all been there and we've all had that experience. Um yeah, so I just it's just brilliant and, and i I'd, I'd you know, I want to kind of in terms of the balance i want to cater to like the pop side of the. you know i, I love pop music um as well as punk and rock music uh, so i wanted to have some a proper pop headliner so robin w- was the one
1: i'm gonna give a shout out to a different robin song as um, hang with me I think it touched on sort of what we talked about with uh, the reason for the week which is like writing a love song, which you don't want to be a love song at the same time. Like you can hang, you can come and hang out with me, but just don't fall in love with me. I, I can't deal with you falling in love with me. Just, yeah. I want you around me basically. And um, yeah, I think I discovered that completely by accident. I think it was on a playlist that I was listening to and then that just came on out of nowhere. And it's like, I think I listened to it probably the first time I heard it about five times in a row straight afterwards. Cause it's, legitimate good pop and I, I, not to do pop music a disservice because i think we talked already talked about my love of uh, x-factor winners raxu on this podcast once <laughs> but, um, that robin is like legitimate good pop music yeah. genius uh,
5: yeah.
4: there's a um there's also like just to really try and cheat at the end um there's like i know i said i wanted to cater to the basic mums i want to also cater to the basic dads and the dark fruits and the lads <laughs> But there's, yes. like some, there's some caveats attached. So there's going to be like A4 posters everywhere saying Oasis 1996 Nebworth set with like an arrow. And you can follow it and it leads you into like the woods near the river. And then you this like, there's like a strict no alcohol policy. They breathalyze you on your way and so you can't be drunk and you can't drink anything. And once you're in your in you can't leave. And it's like, it's really dark tent. And you have to go in, and then it's John Carpenter playing like his horror movie soundtrack. So like, two <laughs> and then it's like, then Crass come out and play <laughs> and Envy* in full. <laughs> then Oasis play then <laughs> then Ed Wood set for that
1: is a left turn but I like it what a way, what a way to see out a festival <laughs> we might have to leave that off the planning application to be honest Tommy
4: <laughs> that'll just be like a sidebar like fringe event that uh, some, some weird, weird woods hippies have organised somehow it's your, your version
1: it. of the John Peel stage yeah <laughs> Brilliant. Um, me, do, you want, do you want to go through Nathan's festival in full?
2: Yeah, so Nathan off of Martha uh, his festival is uh, so it's on the same weekend as uh, the Durham, Durham Miners gala. is that correct? Yeah um, So so in Durham on the old race course and it's called move to Durham and Never Leave. Uh, Friday we have the headliner is The Weaker Thans and they will be supported by Propaganda and we'll abolish all prisons in Durham and I suppose around the UK while we're at it and repurpose the prison into a social centre and the gig will be there on that night. Saturday we've got none other other than The Boss, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. They'll be opened up for by uh, the Whole Study Marfa. And the replacements in that order, I think. Um, Sunday, open up on Sunday is Martha and the Vandellas doing an array of hits from the Motown era as well as their own songs, and then the Swedish pop queen that is Robin will be headlining. And then uh, I'm going to try and describe what you just described. And then we'll have a, a little uh, an arrow A4 posters everywhere, which will lead the Dark Fruits Boys saying it's deceiving them that it's leading them to oasis at nebworth and leads them to the woods down to river and then they're lies and they're taken into a dark oppressive tent john carpenter's horror movie soundtracks are playing then crass and then it is oasis at nebworth but they're all sober so who knows if they'll enjoy it nathan thank you very much for coming on your first thank you
4: thanks for having me it's been a pleasure
1: That was episode fourteen of your fest with Nathan Stevens Griffin from The Incredible Martha. And it was great fun. As if you couldn't tell how much fun I was having to talk to one of my favourite bands about some more of our favorite bands. And I think it was a bit of a lesson in who the hell the replacements were for Tommy. And he hasn't stopped listening to them since we <laughs> recorded that episode. Yeah,
2: before you yeah, before you said that, I was gonna that was the first thing I was gonna say in this outro because now I'm I'm now fucking obsessed with The Replacements Jesus Christ, it's like changed my life at 30 uh, so Johnny, Johnny said I dropped it in the this song that Johnny told me to go and listen to, but Here Comes a Regular I listened to I, I, I think I cried the first time I watched it I even sent it to my mom. fucking another parents reference, but anyway um, yeah, The Replacements wow, and a, a lot of that the, the Weaker ones as well, I've been listening to them, so Hopefully it's a revelatory episode for a lot of you lot as well.
1: And um, after we finished recording, Nathan also apologised to me for not mentioning Jimmy World as well. So uh, <laughs> me and Nathan basically have the same music taste, different different tastes in football clubs. I support the better one of the two. But in terms of music, that was just an incredibly fun episode to record with Nathan. And I'm so, so happy we got to do it. Um, but if you enjoyed listening to that episode, you can follow Martha on Twitter at Martha DIY. Please go and check them out on Bandcamp. Buy some of their music. It is absolutely incredible, as I'm sure you've just heard in that episode. You can find them at marthadiy.bandcamp.com. Go and listen to them. They're amazing. Go and follow us, the podcast, on Twitter and Instagram at YourFestPodcast. Follow me on Twitter. Please do not follow me on Instagram at Johnny Gabriel. And you can follow Tommy on on Twitter and on Instagram, not on YouTube, at... (laughs) Tom Andrews, you. And we'll see you again next week for episode 15 of Your Fest. In the meantime, right. go back and listen to our other episodes. Give us a review. Give us a follow on social media. And just go and tell all your friends about us. And we'll see you again next week. We love you.
5: Bye.
1: Love you. Bye. Bye.
5: Bye-bye. Bye.